You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. When the seventh month came, and the children of Israel were in the towns, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem. Then arose Joshua, the son of Josadak, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, with his kinsmen. And they built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set the altar in its place, for fear was on them because of the peoples of the lands. And they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, burnt offerings morning and evening. And they kept the Feast of Booths, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the rule, as each day required, and after that the regular burnt offerings, the offerings at the new moon, and at all the appointed feasts of the Lord, and the offerings of everyone who made a freewill offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters, and food, drink, and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea, to Joppa, according to the grant they had from Cyrus king of Persia. Now in the second year, after their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, made a beginning, together with the rest of their kinsmen, the priests, and the Levites, and all who had come up to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites, from twenty years old and upward, to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. And Jeshua, with his sons and his brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah, together supervised the workmen in the house of God, along with the sons of Henadad and the Levites, their sons and brothers. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord, according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. All right, I'm going to pray for us and ask for God's help as we seek to see how this is uh, pointing us to the good news of Jesus uh, that we know today. Let's pray. Our dearest Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this wonderful piece of history recorded for us of how you uh, were serving and leading your people uh, back in the days of Ezra. 
Father, we ask for your help now to understand how something like this um, applies to our lives and what it is that you might be teaching us about who you are, what you've done and what you'll do. And we ask for your help now and we, uh, yeah, we depend on you for apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I hope you've got your Bibles open. Hope you've got your Bibles open. We are going to think about this passage that we just read, Ezra 3. We're going to think about what, when, and why. What, when, and why on how this is, how this ordering happens throughout this story that we find in Ezra chapter 3, as it links, of course, with the first couple of chapters of Ezra chapter 2. What, when, and why. I'm going to start by reading verses 1 and 2. And then I'm going to see if any of the little boys and girls or our big girls and boys can tell us what is happening. I'm going to read from chapter 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2. What's going on here? When the seventh month came and the children of Israel were in the towns, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem. Then arose Jeshua, the son of Josadak, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, with his kingsmen, and they built the altar of the house of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it as it was written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Who can see what they're doing in these opening verses in Ezra 3? What are the people of God doing now that they are back in Jerusalem? What are they doing? Does anyone see that? Noah. They're all rebuilding the walls, sort of. You're halfway there. We're not quite at the walls yet. What, what, does anyone know where re, they're rebuilding at this age? What have they built so far? Oh, they're wanting to start building the temple. They've put something there. They're wanting to, they're wanting to do something. What's, what's happening? What are, they, what are they building up to? Audrey. The altar. The altar. Very good. And what are they going to do? There was, a, there was a weird thing that they were talking about in those verses, wasn't it? Okay, Audrey again. Sacrifice a lamb and give it to God. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what burnt offering sums up. You know, which, all right, okay, we're just going to go a little bit deeper theologically now. All right. <laughs> that's right, the people of God, they're back in Jerusalem. They are, they are, if you were here last week, or it's helpful to know the context of the story here, we're in this time where the people of God have just been in exile in Babylon, drawn out of Jerusalem. They've seen Jerusalem just leveled. The temple's been, the temple is gone. And like, ah, the temple. That's where we do our thing. That's our thing. That's where we meet God. That's where God's presence is, where he meets with us. And it's gone. And now we're in exile in Babylon. What do we do? And then we heard, what did we hear last week? God always keeps his promises, doesn't he? Because he promised his people. What did he promise them? He promised that they would, Noah, Set, oh, what if I start you off? They would be, he promised that they would be set free. Nailed it. Good work, Noah. I'm, I'm about to throw lollies, but we won't do that yet. Um, they promised that they'd be set free, and they were, and he did that in the most unusual and unlikely way. He did that through King Cyrus of all people, this random king, King Cyrus. And so God has set them free, and then they get back to Jerusalem, and what's the first thing they want to do? Praise God. That's right. Burnt offerings. They're getting, getting back into living, this, living the life that they should have lived, but they couldn't live when they're in Babylon. So what's going on here at the start of Ezra 3? They're setting back up for the praise and worship of God. They're reorienting their life once again to be in line with what God says is good for them. 
So that's what's happening. Okay, I'm going to ask a question when. We've kind of answered it already. It's an easy question. So when is this happening? What's happened just before they get to the altar? Any more hands? Yes, Audrey? They were stuck in Babylon, weren't they? And what had to happen for them to come out of Babylon? Come on, Sam. What had to happen? Evelyn? They're stuck in Babylon. They're slaves there. That's not, well, they're not quite slaves. It's, it's not fun. It's not good. They don't get to do the things. Okay, Audrey, you take this one. What had to happen so they could, be, so they could leave Babylon? They had, God had to do something. He had to set them free. Nailed it. No, is that what you were going to say? I knew it. I knew it. So this is what's happened and then when. Now, I'm leaning in here to, for us to see the order of what's going on here in this passage. The order of what's going on. Okay? Now, I'm wondering if there's some boys and girls that would like to help me. Okay, um, maybe there's some boys and girls that can get them. Okay, okay. Sam, you can come up. All right. Now, these are, I need boys and girls that like to boss their mummies and daddies around. All right, Evelyn, you can, you can come up. All right, Noah and Levi can come up. Oh, you can join Evelyn because I know who your dad is. Any more? I need one more. Charlie, come on. Come on down. Okay, now I need... Okay, okay, kids. All right, All right now I need you to go get one of... Get your mummy or your daddy, okay, and bring them back up the front. <laughs> All right, you give this one to your daddy. All right, you give this one to your daddy. You give this one to your daddy, and you give this one to your mummy. All right. Okay, boys and girls, now you've been answering some really good questions for me already. This is fantastic. So we've got some headings here. All right. Um, like, how do I get you to speak into this microphone? <laughs> give, give Josh a kiss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you could read your heading up for those that can't see it, we've got this one up here. Changed living. Changed living. Joash, what's yours one say? God's love. Okay, good. And Esther? Something is wrong. Good. A fresh start. A fresh start. Awesome. Okay, so we've got these four headings here. Now, kids, I need you to order what's happening. If we start over here, now we need you to tell me what is happening through Ezra. We're starting sort of Ezra 1 and into chapter 3 that we're looking at. Okay. What is the first thing that we know that's going on in our story? You have a bit of a chat about yourselves. You can ask for help from the, our church family if they want to help. But which one, which one should come first? Is it change living, God's love, something's wrong, or a fresh start? Okay. Charlie, what do you reckon? A fresh start. A fre is a fresh start come first? Oh, yeah, yeah. We can, we can try that one there. We'll work it out. What, what do you think, Sam? I'm thinking God's love. God's love maybe comes, comes first. Okay, well, let's... Something's wrong. Why would you say something's wrong there, Evelyn? Because what's, what's, are they, Noah? They're stuck, in They're stuck in Babylon. Oh, okay. I think we have a winner there. Okay. Ding, ding, lights, show, action, stuff that's not quite very surf coast, but we know we'll make it work. Yes. A round of applause. Yes. Cue, cue, clapping. <laughs> something's wrong. Okay. So we've got the order so far. The first thing that we know is that God's people, they are stuck in Babylon. There's something wrong. This isn't how it's supposed to be, is it? 
So what has to, what's happening next, okay? What do, what do God's people experience? What are they sort of finding out? What's the next I'd thing? Say change. I'd say change. Okay, we've got to change living. We've got a God's love. Anyone else? Got any, uh, Noah? Change living. change living. Okay, what do you reckon, Levi? Change living. Change living. What do you reckon, Charlie? Change living. Change living. All right, what if we go, does anyone want to phone a friend? Ask you, okay, so far... Okay, we've got, we've got God's love and we've got changed living. So they're stuck, they're stuck in exile. They're stuck in Babylon. What do they need to do? Do they need to change the way they're living or do they need, to see, do they need God to love them in this moment? What do we see? God's love. God's love, yes. Ding. All right, cue the lights, cue the applause. Beautiful. All right, boys and girls, we're going to take a step back and look at what we've got so far. All right, we've got these last two. This is a 50-50. This is a 50-50. They're stuck in Babylon. Something's wrong. Something's not quite right. God shows his love and he releases them and they're back. Now, now do we want, do we want to have changed living or do we, want them to, do, do we want them to see this right now? Are they thinking about changed living or are they thinking about a fresh start? What? Oh, we got a fresh start here. Changed living here. We've got, a, we've got, we've got split. All right, do we want to find a friend? What does our, our audience say? What are, pe- what are the people of God feeling right now? What is the next thing that they're sensing? Are they sensing, oh, we've got a fresh start? Or they're like, oh, we've got to do some stuff? Got to do stuff? Is it a fresh start or has it changed living? What do we think? Fresh start or change? Okay, okay, let's, 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 let's take a vote, okay? Is it a fresh start? Give us a clap. Fresh start. Okay, we've got people that are living in a fresh start. And then we've got changed living. Who thinks it's changed living? Oh, bow bow! You had it right. You had it right. We've got Ezra and Ezra and his people. They're in Babylon. Something's not good. This is not right. This is not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be with God. We're supposed to have this opportunity to meet with God. But then God, hey, I keep my promises. I said, do you remember? Were you reading Jeremiah, my people? Jeremiah said, this is what's going to happen. He shows his love. He frees them. There's they're back in Jerusalem and God's people are like, whoa, we've got a fresh start. God is amazing. Did you see what happened in the last piece of paper that we experienced? We, we felt God's love. So you know what? From what we've known here, we know we, we can live in this fresh start. And now there's a changed way of living because of all that's gone before. Are we happy with that? Is that what we sort of see in Ezra and Nehemiah? I hope so. Because that's what I want to say is happening. <laughs> okay. All right. I think um, let's give a big round of applause to our kids and to our parents. They're not going anywhere yet. All right. Now, if uh, adults, we can have these pieces of paper back. All right. Um, all right. Um, kids, just for your mummy, uh, for your mummy and your daddies, just give them a high five and tell them how much you love them. <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to leave these guys here for a moment. Now, the reason we're thinking about the order of what's happening in Ezra 3 is because this shape that we see playing out in this, in this chapter of the Bible as it links with what's come before, this shape of the story, do you know that it's a gospel shape? It's a gospel shape. So what we're going to do is we're now going to think about how God deals with us Okay, so boys and girls, we're now going to think about the gospel. Okay, we're going to think about um, the gospel. So, Evelyn, uh, Esther, I'll give you, give you that one. Josh, I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to give you that one. Now, I'm going to help you out with this one. 
And I'm gonna tell you what the first one is in what we experience today, okay? Joash, if you go to the front, I'm gonna get you to have something's wrong at the front. Now this is our everyday experience. We know we live in a world that is in the bondage of sin. You could say that many of us live in a time where we are frustrated with what's going on in the world, aren't we? We, are, we're almost, we feel like we're stuck in Babylon. Things are not the way they're supposed to be. Does anyone feel that? People feel that tension? It's just like, oh, there's this thing now where there's your truth and there's my truth. I don't know if that's going to work. There's whatever, do whatever you feels good for you and then that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to work. There's all of these different ways of living and some are weird and some are hurtful. And then there's our day-to-day experience. You know, we, we get frustrated with, with other people. I do. We get frustrated with ourselves. I do. I think we, is it fair enough to say that we all feel that in this world something's wrong? Would you say that that's our experience? I think it is. Now, what we're going to think about now is how the experience of the people of Ezra in their release from Babylon is similar to the way that God wants to release us from sin, the bondage of sin. Okay? So kids, we're going to think about the gospel and how it is that, so What's happened in our story with Ezra is God wants to bring his people back to him so they can come back to the temple and have relationship again. We're going to think about how Jesus, the new and better temple, brings us back into relationship with God, okay? All right, so we're going to think about how Jesus helps us come back to God. Now, what is going to be the first one in this line, okay? We feel that something's wrong and we want to get back into relationship with God. We want to be with God forever in heaven, in paradise, Okay, so if we're going to be with God in heaven, and if we don't want to go to hell, I don't think we do, what is the first thing we need to be thinking about? Do we need to change the way we're living? Do we need a fresh start, or do we need God's love as the first step in responding to Jesus and the gospel? What is it? No, I've got a hand. What do you reckon it is? God's love. God's love. What do we think about that answer, everyone? Hey, ding! Well done, Noah! Well done, Noah. Excellent. Okay. Now, next question. Those of us, we know that something's wrong and then God loves us for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Okay. What does that mean? What's the next one that's going to happen in our story? Boys and girls, what do you believe? I reckon it is. That's right. He did. Audrey, what's the next one in our, in our, in our gospel, the gospel that we know? Okay, Audrey just said, hold on, we can get close because we're related. He just said. He gave us a fresh start. Yeah, very good. Are we happy with that crowd and audience and people of church family? Fresh start. And then we have to finish changed living. Changed living. City on Hill, Surf Coast. This is the shape that we see in Ezra 1, 2 and 3. And this is also the shape of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, now I'm going to make... I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say that this, this is, is this, is this good news or bad news? Good news. Why is this good news? It's the gospel. Yes. Good. Now, what is it about this good news? Because, you know what? Do you know what I? You know the way that I used to think about the gospel. Do you know the way that I think a lot of people? No, no, no. Don't don't take the microphone. Um, I think a lot of people would say that the gospel. Even some churches to say, they would say the gospel looks like that. Have you ever thought that? 
Have you ever thought this way? I think we've all recognized something's wrong, but then we think, we go straight to change living, don't we? I know I do that sometimes. I've got to get something right. I've got to perform. I've got to get good enough. I have to clean myself up. There's no good news in that, is there? Because I'm never going to be able to do enough. I can't clean myself from God. I am so far from God. There's nothing that I can do that can make, my, make me holy as God is holy. There's nothing that can cleanse me from sin. I can't do that. But the good news of the gospel, it's good news, right? Because what happens? God shows his love for us. And this changed living, this is where a lot of the work is, isn't it? This is where a lot of the work is in our life. This is where our priorities lie. Sorry, Esther, I'm just, hey, <laughs> glad that was you. <laughs> so we all could have hated him. This is anyway, <laughs> stand like this. Um, this changed living, this is, where, this is where all of our energy goes, isn't it? Now, the difference between when changed living is up there is there's constant striving, never knowing if I've ever done enough, always trying to be perfect, always feeling like if I don't get it right, I don't get the fresh start, because that's the next one. But what happens when it's down here? When we see what Jesus has done, all of a sudden, we live in the fresh start. And what happens to all of our energy and life and priorities in this one here? It becomes a response. We're no longer earning and deserving. We are just simply believing and receiving and living in the fresh start that God loves, that God loves us. And that's what we see in Ezra 3, because what happened? They get released. They respond to God's love. He says, here's your fresh start. And like, awesome. Let's do the burnt offerings. Like, this is great. These burnt offerings, a burnt offering is like when you come to God and there would be this sacrifice of atonement so you could come back to God and then you could recommit yourself to Him and it would be like this repentance moment saying, God, I'm so sorry for all that I've done and I'm going to follow after you. Now, we we don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats and lambs anymore because that sacrifice, that happened to God, that was a God's love, that was Jesus. And so all we've got left is the prayer of repentance and recommitting to Him and then living in that. And then there's the other, the other offering that we saw there, the free will offering. The free will offering was just like, whatever, whatever you want, whenever you want. If you feel so loved by God and you just want to respond to that, look, it doesn't have to be a ball. It can be anything. You know, give some wood to build the temple. Give some money to pay our new city kids. Quarter. No, <laughs> it could be anything as God. It's like, it's like we don't put any obligation. We don't want you to do this out of guilt, but as a response of joy that comes from knowing all that God has done in the gospel. That's the shape, that's the what, that's the when, and here's the why for the Christian life and the life that we see, or the life that we see in Ezra 3. Um, now, wait, what do I do on my phone? I have, <laughs> so, thank you guys, stay up here for a little bit longer. I'm feeling actually quite supported um, by having multiple people up front. Uh, and you're going to be famous on YouTube. So say hi, YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Hi. <laughs> um, excuse me. I just want to make sure I get these, uh, get these next few verses right. Now, 
You may be thinking, oh, is this something that we actually see recurring throughout the New Testament in the life of Jesus? I I just want us to just notice just through a couple of well-known Bible passages that that this is the picture of the gospel. I want to give you some fridge verses for your week, okay? So remember that when we start thinking that changed living is up here, okay? I want to give you some verses to stick on the fridge or on the background of your phone to remember it's actually down here, okay? I'm going to start with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. Zoom, okay? 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we love God. Something's wrong. But He loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. 1 John 4.10. And then lastly, here's a banger. Ephesians 2, 3-10. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith This is not from yourselves, not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, God's love, fresh start. Not by work so that no one can can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is the shape of the gospel that we see in Ezra chapter 3. That is the shape of the gospel that we as a church family hold to and cling to and live from and live in and have our confidence in. And it's, it's the power of God, of salvation for all who believe. So I don't know what you've ever thought before about the way God is going to deal with you. But the good news is when you feel like something's wrong, it's not here that we go. We need to see this. And to see this, we look at Jesus. He died on the cross for our sin in our place to give us a fresh start. And we respond in repentance and faith. We recommit to him and the rest of all of our living is aligning ourselves with what he has said for us to do. And we have a changed living and we live a new life and we look forward to eternity with him. Please thank our volunteers and I'm going to pray for us. You can keep that as a memento. Um, Noah will sign it for you. (laughs) Um, as, our, as our guys head back down uh, <clears throat> to take a seat, I'd love to pray for us um, and uh, also just have one, sorry, one last word as I am reminded of my notes. We saw in the end of, um, of our reading that after they laid the temple's foundation, um, there was those that saw, that knew about what was before and they were like disappointed about the new temple that was there. And there was rejoicing and there was also mourning at the same time, wasn't there? There was this tension that was still happening in the people of God. 
Like there was like, yes, we're back. There's relationship, but oh, it's not, it's still, something's still not quite right. There's still an echo of what it was and what it actually could have been. Now, I think that's really important for us to see because we will still feel that even today, won't we? Okay, we live in a now but not yet new kingdom of God, yeah? And we will know the freedom that we have in Christ and we can live with Him and we have power and that we have the Holy Spirit and we're able to live in that way. But we still know that it's not as it should be. And there will be times where we weep and lament at just the, at the way that sin has its effect in this world, okay? But at the same time, we can still rejoice because we have received this salvation now and we're on a journey to glorification with him at the end, which is the final day, the last resurrection, to when, you know, we're working our way through the temples, to when we get to be in the new Jerusalem, we get to have our resurrected bodies and there is no more sin, there's no more death, crying or pain, but it's perfection and it's with God face to face and then there will be no more, no more of that weeping. So I just wanted to finish there to say that as you, as, you fear, as you lament over sin in this world, we remember the journey of the gospel and the good news, and, but we also look ahead to what that good news is still pointing to, that Jesus will come back and finish the, finish the work. Because he's alive, right? He's still, he's still doing stuff. And there's something even better that he's going to do again. So we look forward to that. Anyway, closing thought, let me pray. Our dearest Heavenly Father, we thank you for the shape of the gospel that we see in Ezra chapter 3. We thank you that even that long ago, you were pointing us to the way that you are going to work through Jesus Christ, your Son. Father, forgive us for the times where we feel that we have to take the burden on ourselves for the way that we think we need to live to please you. Rather, would you continue to open our hearts, open our eyes and open our minds to your great love? Would we live from a posture of acceptance and love and gratitude and would our changed lives be because we know we have, we have, you have given us your best when we were at our worst. Father, thank you for the forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ. Help us to live as a people who are renewed and restored, living from that fresh start, which you have so freely, graciously, mercifully given. We thank you for that. And we praise you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church family, I thank you for that. I'm going to invite up Tash now. Um, and let me just say, as I do take a seat, if that, is, if, that is, if that good news is news to you for the first time, and actually you're like, how do I do that fresh start thing? I feel like I've been doing it the other way. Come and chat to me after the service. I'd love to talk to you about like, what actually life with Jesus looks like in the freedom and the rest and the joy that it has. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.